technical assistance transforms the impossible into the possible. I'm Ollie Giu. And I'm Shika Volto, and this is Pitch Pulse, a podcast from the Private Infrastructure Development Group. Pitch finances innovative infrastructure projects in sub-Saharan Africa and South and Southeast Asia. We're committed to the economic growth of the world's most fragile communities, lifting them out of poverty with a strong focus on sustainability. Today, we discuss the role of technical assistance in creating greater opportunities for private sector investment. With various factors at play, some infrastructure projects simply aren't financially viable, but that doesn't mean they're not worthwhile. And that's where technical assistance steps in to offer support. And beyond offering upfront grants to projects like this, TA also helps to meet a range of needs associated with the infrastructure project development cycle. This includes the assessment of potential investment opportunities and building capacity of host country partners and local investors. To find out how PIDGE technical assistance is being used in practice, we're joined by a panel of experts. Hi, I'm Luke Foley. I'm the Deputy Head of Technical Assistance at PIDGE. Hi, my name is Theresa Tim. Regional Technical Assistance Manager for Asia. Hi, I am Jasper Nyango, Regional Technical Assistance Manager for Africa. So Luke, let's start with you. Um, how does PIDGE technical assistance play a role in delivering impact through PIDGE's theory of change? Well, PIDGE operates in, in challenging markets and often at the frontier in terms of geography and sector. Therefore, it's not unusual for us to experience challenges and bottlenecks which could impede projects, progression and development. PIDGE Technical Assistance, or PIDGE TA as I'll refer to it, plays a role in overcoming those obstacles by providing targeted and flexible funding to cover unusually high costs that can accompany such obstacles, both for governments and private sector counterparties, which can actually make a project not commercially or financially viable. And the role that PIDGE TA plays, coupled with the financing from the PIDGE companies and private sector parties, is a critical component in delivering viable infrastructure projects that ultimately improve livelihoods. And when we say a project is not financially viable without TA support, what sort of issues might there be? If a project is not financially viable, it effectively means that there's not enough expected revenue coming into the project or being generated by the project to cover the costs of that project. That's really looking at financial viability. And additionally, when the private sector is providing a service, there needs to be a level of return that's reflective of the risk that that private sector developer is taking when developing these projects. And this return is what's defined as financially viable. So in particular, given the types of projects which Pidge engages in, a lot of these are first of their kind transactions, which may have unusually high development costs for private sector developers. This is what we would term as project side TA. And examples of this are projects that are done in off-grid solar, uh, or in the water sector, generally tend to be first of their kind where we are really trailblazing the way forward. In addition, government counterparties may require support in the form of independent advice when negotiating concession agreements, tariff schemes, etc. And we would term this as government side TA. And examples of this are where it's new for a country to have a certain amount of private sector investment in sectors. It's very common in the water sector if there need to be additional support for governments when actually negotiating on these projects. So each stage of the development of a project can present a hurdle which can drive up these project costs uh, through project delays or ultimately stall it completely. And these hurdles can be mitigated with technical assistance or capital grants such as viability gap funding, both of which PitchTA provides. 
And talking specifically about those uh, unusually high development costs, is it just potential project delays or is there a component of just how much the stuff costs essentially? Yeah, so the unusual costs, again, when you're breaking new ground in a sector in a, in a new country, there's bound to be costs such as uh, initial kind of feasibility studies that need to be undertaken, potentially in some of the geographies that we work in. In some of the projects that we do, there can be quite large uh, environmental and social impact assessments that need to be undertaken. There can be enhanced lender due diligence. And each of those activities ultimately inform project design uh, and implementation. So those can be some of the un- what we would term as unusually high costs or costs which can be covered by technical assistance to effectively de-risk a project doing this thorough due diligence and ultimately encourage private sector financing to come into projects. So what we're doing is effectively providing funding, uh, either co-funding along with uh, our private sector uh, parties to basically lower the initial upfront costs on a project. So it's not that we are effectively de-risking a project completely by covering all the costs, uh, but it's it's coming in and assessing on a case-by-case basis where the major challenges are which are impeding a project, whether that's at the very, very beginning of a project in terms of actually understanding its design, or if it's much later down the line in terms of the actual negotiation and structuring of how the, the agreements are going to be put in place with the, uh, the local government. So how exactly does technical assistance work on the project side? So on the project side, we get involved at a very early stage with regularly reviewing and prioritizing pitch projects. So pitch technical assistance provides TA funding through its pitch companies in the majority of cases. And so we will be going through with the pitch companies in a regular dialogue on their expected pipeline and where we uh, see potential uh, bottlenecks or constraints that may impede the project's progress. This is really where we can get involved uh, at the stage with pre-feasibility studies or even looking at aspects of lender due diligence when it comes to EF uh, projects as well. Most of our projects within our portfolio are actually what we would term as this project side TA. And it's very much, if you look at the kind of breakdown of our portfolio that we have and also our, our pipeline for the coming year, the majority of our grants generally focus on this very early stage project development, which is the kind of the gap which we really struggle with uh, within the sector to actually make projects successful because the importance of that early stage design is critical because if you get that design phase wrong, implementation will struggle and you'll eventually either have to end up spending more money and make the project even less viable or the, the project will just collapse. And so let's touch on the government side now then. How does TA work in that respect? Yeah, so we work quite closely with a number of governments to provide transaction advisory services, which is effectively the activities which are at a very early stage in a project's design, even before, say, it's being tendered. We can work with governments to take projects all the way through that conceptual design process, as well as straight through to the tender as well. In addition, we can provide embedded advisors which can be embedded within government ministries or utilities to help provide that capacity, which can at times be necessary to progress projects and put in place processes and systems to ensure that projects are effectively, again, designed and implemented and managed on behalf of the government. Or there can be specific project costs, such as legal structuring advice for a government where they're potentially going to be a counterparty uh, within a purchase power agreement. Again, we can provide funding to cover that those advice costs. And it's important or it's important to stress that this is independent advice. Uh, 
we are paying for, in, the, in that case, the example I gave their lawyers, but they are ultimately providing the advice to governments in order to ensure that they can benefit from that and be a, a very successful partner in the project. Let's bring in Jasper now. Jasper, can you talk to us about some of the early stage work you do with technical assistance? For the technical assistance support that we offer, especially on the government side, uh, TA, I'd first of all talk about the Kenya PPP unit support program and uh, its challenges. This is a unit housed within the government of Kenya's National Treasury and Planning, and uh, it was established following the enactment of the PPP Act 2013. The PPP Directorate now acts as the technical arm of the PPP Committee and is mandated to facilitate implementation of the public-private partnership program and projects in Kenya through various roles. So on some of the challenges faced by uh, the PPP Directorate, uh, lessons drawn from other developing countries in sub-Saharan Africa indicate that the formation of a PPP unit or a directorate is not in itself a guarantee for the success of a PPP program. The Kenyan case is therefore not different. And with a growing number of uh, projects proposal approved by the PPP committee across various sector and county governments, the PPP program in Kenya has gathered pace, but it has equally faced substantial challenges in terms of developing projects that can attract private sector investment, as well as complete projects preparation on time and on budget. Most projects have been characterized by low technical capabilities and limited financial resources dedicated to developing feasibility studies and business plans. This has resulted to investors lacking bankable project pipelines and also only a few projects meeting investor risk return expectations and ultimately reaching financial close. And can you explain the roles of TA, Embedded Advisory Services and Viability Gap Funding in this? These are the three PGTA products forming the three components of the Kenya PPP Directory Technical Assistance Support Program. So the first component is general technical assistance, which covers the course of feasibility studies, market studies, business case preparation, and project structuring as PPP. The second component is embedded advisory services, covering the course of embedding advisors within the PPP directorate, including environmental and social specialists, legal advisors, and financial advisors in specific sectors. The third component is viability gap funding, which covers the costs associated with assessing the need for VGF requirements in a project, including financial model reviews and optimizing financial structuring of uh, projects. Jasper, why did you select the Nairobi Streets Lighting Project to be the pilot for this work with the Kenya PPP unit? Nairobi City County has an estimated 3,000 kilometers of road network, with approximately 60,000 street lights illuminating the county at night. The street lighting footprint is comprised of a combination of a high-pressure sodium vapor, mercury vapor, lamps, and uh, light-emitting diodes. And uh, the current energy consumption attributed to street lighting in the county is estimated as of at 48 million uh, kilowatt hour, with an estimated energy bill ranging between 400,000 to 500,000 USD per month. So besides the high energy consumption associated with the street lighting system, the system is also not networked. As a result, a common management system as a platform for proper assets management doesn't exist. This implies that uh, the system is not intelligent in the sense of remote controlled functions that would permit dynamic dimming, trimming and fault detection, and advanced metering infrastructure 
for energy consumption. Therefore, the PIG-funded uh, transaction advisor will help the contracting authority and the PPP directorate in undertaking technical studies and reference designs of the system, undertake legal and environmental and social due diligence, undertake economic analysis and financial modeling of the project, and uh, support the contracting authority and PPP directorate in procurement of the private party who will then uh, develop the green and smart street lighting system. The development, therefore, will entail the installation of entirely new lighting uh, fixtures and LED lamps. The project will also establish a common management system as the anchor of the smart street lighting system. Uh, in terms of uh, this project's uh, benefits to the society, all this will be derived from the reduced operating costs as a result of uh, system automation, reduced energy consumption, carbon uh, emission reduction, on account of reduced energy consumption and uh, heat generation and the salvage value realized through the longer design life of LED lamps compared to the HPS lamps. There will also be jobs creation during and after construction. In terms of its financing, the project will be financed by both debt and equity through a design, build, finance, maintain and transfer PPP model over a period of 10 years. Let's cross to Teresa now. Teresa, can you tell us about PitchCA's support of Pakistan K-Electric? To give you a bit of background, K-Electric or KE is a power utility in Karachi, Pakistan. Garanko, which is a pitch company, has supported KE with a partial guarantee for a 50 million US dollars loan facility. And the proceeds will be used to finance several capital expenditure projects to make their power infrastructure a lot safer reduce line losses, and more cost-effective to operate. So even though electricity supply has improved over the years, there are still high levels of various forms of illegal power connections, which have caused, very unfortunately, serious injuries and death resulting from the illegal access to electricity. Just to give you an idea of the situation, in December 2020, KE had conducted a survey in an industrial area in North Karachi, And in a very short drive, they had actually identified and subsequently removed hundreds of illegal connections, weighing more than 850 kilograms. And in emerging markets like Pakistan, health and safety is often not a priority. And as Pitch, we would like to make a positive change by improving the safety standards around the projects we work on. And TA funding will really help KE to further promote the safety awareness in the less privileged communities and possibly influence the policymakers to take action to stop the illegal infrastructure around the KE network. It is absolutely crucial to build awareness within a short period of time, given the rising number of fatalities. And TA grant is much needed to enable KE to roll out the various safety awareness programs to the wider communities as fast as possible. So we are very happy to provide KE an impact ascent enhancement grant of 192,000 US dollars. The objective of an impact enhancement grant is to basically increase the beneficial infrastructure impacts of projects, especially focusing on poverty reduction and gender equality. This particular TA grant is well qualified because it is used to raise safety awareness amongst the underprivileged communities, particularly women. Perhaps just let me briefly explain an innovative program that I really like, and I think it has an incredibly powerful development impact. The Roshni Baji, which translates to Women Neighborhood Ambassador Initiative. The program had, by now, trained 40 women successfully to be ambassadors. 
They reach out to households in their communities to educate them on electricity safety and energy conservation. And eventually, they were trained as certified electricians, creating a new talent pool in a very male-dominant industry. And with their new skill sets, these women can now achieve financial independence to a certain extent. I think this program is arguably one of its kind. It has certainly attracted much publicity given its success, and the entire TA team is really proud to have been involved. So I think even though Pakistan is a debt-free country, but for a very long time, it has had lower economic growth compared to other countries in South Asia. And the lower growth is possibly caused by a number of reasons, such as low investment and savings, macroeconomic instability that make Pakistan business unfriendly, and gender disparities still persist in different sectors. Pakistan has actually one of the lowest female labor force participation rates in Asia. And also, Pakistan is classified as a F-caste country, fragile and conflict-affected state. And this matters because our mandate is to operate in frontier markets and in areas where others do not go to. Therefore, I think with all these reasons, it makes Pakistan well-suited for a TA grant, particularly in gender empowerment issue. And we really look forward to continue our support to other businesses in Pakistan in the near future. Thanks, Teresa. And Jasper, can you tell us about the work you're doing with Bonaji Irrigation Phase 2? This is one of the greatest projects supporting uh, agriculture in uh, Senegal, where Bonaji Irrigation is a project developed by Infraco Africa and solar equipment uh, specialists, uh, where the Bonaji Senegal, to commission and install high-quality solar power irrigation systems across rural Senegal. Agriculture accounts for over 29% of jobs and up to 15% of the country's GDP, yet over 70% of production depends on rain-fed agriculture. This subjects uh, the production to high risks, including limiting yields and uh, leaving the farmers vulnerable to climate change shocks. The agriculture sector in Senegal is considered uh, particularly at risk due to the changing uh, weather patterns caused by climate change stress on food production due to low yields from uh, overexploitation of land and poor soil quality are the rising population in the country. So the project aims to raise productivity in agriculture sector using solar energy and uh, the Senegalese Agency for Rural Electrification estimates that there are 17,000 diesel pumps that need to be replaced by solar pumps for climate action and for economic benefits where currently about 50% of farmers' operational costs are linked to diesel-powered pumps, which makes it difficult for small-scale farmers to be profitable. The project will therefore ensure reduced carbon emission and cost savings for farmers by replacing the diesel pumps with affordable and efficient solar water pumps. The Bonaji Phase 2 project therefore targets to supply 1,900 pumps, including drip irrigation systems, to optimize the water quantity and quality needed for agriculture. And uh, despite Bonaji and uh, its team's experience, raising capital at both corporate and project level has proven to be difficult. And uh, this therefore raised the need for some PGTA support. And finally, back to Luke. Uh, Luke, how does the TA application process work? The TA application process is one which is internal to PIDGE. So I've mentioned the majority of our funding is provided to the PIDGE companies on projects that they work on. Uh, So there's a regular review process and prioritization, which is put in place with the pitch companies. We sit down with them on a a very regular basis to go through their pipeline. And again, as I've mentioned, determine 
where the gaps uh, may be, where there's a need for TA support. And that regular dialogue ultimately results in applications being submitted. So we have a standard application, which is submitted and filled in by the, the pitch companies. And that is reviewed by the, the technical assistance team within pitch, as well as bringing in the sustainable development impact team, the HSES team, and other parts of pitch that need to be involved to ensure this technical assistance and the activities that they are supporting are designed and in line with pitch's strategy. Particularly when it comes to aspects of mainstream gender and climate considerations, pitch TA funding can play a critical role within that. We've also, as most organizations will have, if you're looking at investment or credit, we have a committee as well, which also uh, reviews grants or grant requests of a particular size to determine whether these should be approved and how the grants should be structured. And then once that is completed, once grants are approved, there is obviously a, a monitoring and evaluation process that goes in alongside that throughout the lifetime of the grant itself. Thanks to Luke, Teresa and Jasper for joining us on the podcast. You can find out more about Pitch Technical Assistance on our website, pitch.org. You've been listening to Pitch Pulse. You can find our podcast on all the major platforms. Please follow and review us on Apple Podcasts. I'm Ollie Gyu. And I'm Sheikha Vorto. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.